Welcome to this episode of Inside the NCAA, the AMA Experience. My name is Chris Johnson, and I'm Associate Director for Academic and Membership Affairs, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to provide you insight within academic and membership affairs on what we encounter on a daily basis. We'll have subject matter experts from within the membership and the national office to provide and discuss hot topics that affect all three NCAA divisions. For today's episode, we're going to discuss the makeup and philosophy of the Regulatory Affairs Department. Our guest is Stan Wilcox, Executive Vice President of the NCAA. Stan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today, Chris. Thank you. Good, good. So we'll start out with just who is Regulatory Affairs? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Regulatory Affairs is comprised of three departments, actually. Uh, it compri- comprises of uh, the eligibility center, uh, essentially uh, those individuals who are coming into the collegiate world, uh, student-athletes who are coming in as student-athletes in the collegiate athletics. Uh, they go through a pro- process with the eligibility center of uh, getting certified uh, to make sure that they are eligible academically and uh, amateurism-wise. Uh, And then we also have what is called the uh, Academic and Membership Affairs Department, which is essentially, the way I look at it, is they're the rules experts. They're the ones that help all of our member uh, committees, uh, organizations, et cetera, understand the rules uh, that the association adopts uh, and that are in the manual. And then we have the Enforcement Department, essentially uh, those are the ones that are protect those institutions that are doing things the right way from those schools that are not doing things the right way and make sure that the schools that are not doing things the right way are held accountable for that. And so that's uh, basically their role. So those three departments combined uh, make up uh, regulatory affairs. Great. Thank you. And I know those three departments are are really integral into kind of how college athletics runs. Um, And I do know that they work quite a bit together in, in a collaborative sense. Uh, can, can you expand a little bit more on the collaborative process between the three departments? Sure. Uh, and uh, when I came on, uh, I guess it's been now a little bit over four years now, um, one of the things that I implemented was uh, this um, theory or this overarching um, guidance that I wanted uh, each of the departments to understand and that is, uh, and I, I call it SAS. Uh, the first S essentially is that we have got to, as three departments, work seamlessly together. And when I mean seamlessly together, I mean that each department needs to understand how the other part department works and how they actually coexist and how they can help each other. That was the, that's the first S. The A is alignment. B, we have to be, as, an, uh, as a regulatory affairs department, we've got to be aligned with our institutions, meaning that what it is that our institutions want from us from a regulatory affairs uh, perspective, because it kind of morphs and changes from time to time. Uh, Sometimes they want us to be in certain areas maybe a little more restrictive, and then there are other times they may want us to be uh, less restrictive. And so we want to make sure that we're aligned with our membership um, as far as how they want us to uh, protect and and, and educate and uh, 
uh, administer the things that we do within uh, uh, regulatory affairs, as well as um, making sure that all the services that our membership needs, we're providing that to them through regulatory affairs. And you know, some sometimes they need more education on on new pieces of legislation that are coming coming around. Sometimes they need more. Um, uh, understanding of how the uh, rules actually work in certain circumstances. And sometimes they just need to, uh, us to come and really help educate their entire community on certain things. So, uh, and then the last S uh, uh, is that uh, we are a service organization. We serve our membership. So I always tell our people that we have to double down on service. Uh, we have to make sure that regardless of whether the decision that uh, we have to make for a particular case is not going to be uh, taken very well either by a student athlete, by a coach, by, um, by that institution, we have to still present it in a way uh, that they understand that we are serving them. And not only are we serving them, but we're also serving their fellow institutions and, and fellow members in, in, in this organization. So, uh, so I describe it as SAS, um, you know, seamless alignment and service. And that's the way I want the three departments to kind of work together. Uh, when, when we add new staff, I, I stress that they need to spend time in each of the departments because they really need to understand how each department works and how their position will be um, needed by other departments or how they may need other individuals from the other departments. And so it's something that, uh, that I always felt um, was important. It was something that I felt as a former staff member in uh, what back then was called Legislative Services years and years ago, which is now AMA, that I felt that uh, we, we kind of had that bond between those departments, even though they weren't collectively joined at that time called Regulatory Affairs, but there was a Compliance Department, there was an uh, Enforcement Department, and there was a Legislative Services Department, which is AMA now. So. So the way I look at it is these three are, departments are probably three of the most important departments in, in the association because uh, uh, the membership relies a lot on those three departments. Yeah, I know, I know for me when I came from the membership, I, I knew about academic and membership affairs. I knew about enforcement. I knew about eligibility center. I just didn't realize how much they collaborated together and, and really making sure that everyone was on the same page uh, moving forward and meeting the needs of the membership. Um, staying on that topic, you mentioned uh, your time previously at the NCA. I do know that you had some other stops along the way, mm. working with the Big East, uh, also working at Florida State as the athletics director. But I also know that you were a student athlete on a Final Four team. Yes. Do you uh, do you mind kind of talking about you know those experiences and how that's kind of helped you develop and lead regulatory affairs? Sure. Um, well, as a as a former basketball player uh, at Notre Dame, uh, playing in the Final Four. I was a point guard, and uh, as a point guard, you you have to be the leader on, uh, on out on the floor. You're, you're basically the quarterback, and so uh, you know that's probably my first um, real uh, understanding or better understanding of what it means to be a leader. You know, I've obviously uh, have led in different roles in different positions uh, leading up to that, but. 
uh, being a point guard on a major institution uh, for a major institution's team uh, under a very demanding coach in Digger Phelps, uh, you, you, you have no choice but to understand that you have to learn how to be the leader, you have to be very vocal, and you have to uh, you know, provide the guidance to, uh, to your team members while, they're, while you're on the court. And then, uh, obviously, uh, having the experience as a, as a, a former athlete, uh, then going in, I, I coached for a year at CW Post College, and, uh, and there you, you learn leadership, obviously. You're, you're leading young men and women to, uh, to understand the game itself that you're, that you're teaching, but also uh, beyond the game, you know, how to be um, you know, great individuals uh, once you leave the institution, once you finish playing. And, and that's something that I was able to instill in, uh, in the young men that I was able to be around during my coaching days. And then getting into athletic administration, um, you know, my first stop was uh, here at the national office, as we mentioned before. And, and uh, I had no idea, and I think most athletes that come through this kind of uh, experience uh, don't realize how much goes into uh, creating uh, athletic events, uh, running, um, you know, major tournaments, etc. How much goes on behind the scenes as far as administrative work that has to be done to make it appear that everything is seamless. You know, um, and so uh, when I came and started working with legislative services, uh, I had no idea that there were so many rules <laughs> that, <laughs> that the student athletes, the coaches, that the administrators had to follow. And, and it was, uh, you really had to understand and not only learn the rules in the manual, but then there's all these interpretations because every single rule does not fit every circumstance on a campus. So you have to be able to uh, provide to the membership and to the, those that ask questions answers that they can rely on and follow as it applies to their given factual situation on their campus to the, to the piece of legislation. And sometimes what you find is that that situation is prevalent throughout maybe a number of schools and, and may need to change the rule in some capacity. And so um, that, uh, that first five years at the NCA was very eye-opening. But then I, I really learned so much that it was time to move on to uh, go to the Big East Conference and basically grow all of their regulatory services for, for a finite number of schools there. And uh, that was a great experience because of the fact that now I was only focused on one set of rules, Division I, uh, uh, and, and I got a chance to be a little closer to the student athletes, the coaches, the athletic directors, and the presidents. And you learn so much from them because they come at this whole uh, collegiate athletics experience from a different uh, lens and different perspective. And that helped uh, open my eyes even, even greater. And you have a greater appreciation for how when you apply the rules to given situations, it sometimes is very fluid. And you have to be able to understand what was the intent really behind this rule versus what is really going on on campus and what it, and what's going on on campus is it violating uh, the intent of the rule and so that 
you know, that Big East experience was great. Uh, I have so many stories there, you know, from from almost going over to uh, uh, overseas to have to figure out uh, how the foreign uh, basketball student athletes who are participating in a totally different system, in a, in a club system, how do they fit into our system here uh, to um, just dealing with uh, uh, the conference realignment. I think we were the first major conference that kind of went through that um, uh, difficult situation, uh, but came out positive. Uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, that the experience at the at the conference level was great. But I knew that I had to understand the operation side of things, and that's when I ended up going on to campus. And uh, my first stop there was back to my alma mater, uh, Notre Dame. And you know, as a former basketball player there, I knew basketball. I really didn't know football, and that's what I really wanted to understand. So I got an opportunity to work with Charlie Weiss and oversee uh, football at Notre Dame. And, and that was a great experience uh, because, number one, I was working for one of uh, who, in my career, he's probably my, my, one of my biggest mentors, and that was Kevin White. And uh, he's, uh, uh, he's very w- well-known within the athletic di- director industry uh, as well as uh, amongst uh, many presidents because of different programs he was involved in. And then I followed him to Duke uh, and, uh, you know, some of the national championships we won there with uh, Coach K in basketball and uh, also in lacrosse um, and fencing. You know, we had some really good uh, championships there. But uh, for me, the the biggest thing was uh, getting an opportunity to understand the operation side of things and having, having oversight of athletics training, strength and conditioning, game day operations, uh, soccer, tennis, uh, and softball. It was, it was really, uh, you know, everything was 24 seven. Uh, and, uh, I used to tell Kevin, uh, I said, you know what? Um, I see all the things that you do on a daily basis and uh, I just get exhausted. I said, uh, you know, I, I said, I don't mind remaining the deputy. I'm not sure if I want to be an athletic director. I said, because, you know, they shoot the deputy, they shoot the sheriff, but they don't shoot the deputy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at some point in time, you get to the point where you're running the department anyway, and you, you're doing everything that an athletic director does. And he convinced me that it was, even though you may think that you don't want to be an athletic director, it's time for you at least to understand the process, uh, the, in uh, the, uh, the interviewing process that it takes to actually become a, an athletic director, and uh, there is a there is a process with that, and and uh, end up uh, interviewing for maybe four four or five jobs before I ended up getting the job at the Florida State, and uh, uh, and then that's what I, you call the uh, SHI moment <laughs> <laughs> when you got to make that decision. Well, you know, how do you turn down? Uh, having an opportunity to actually actually run your own department and run a program that is a storied program that had a a, uh, a coach that uh, is the, one of the all-time winning coach in, in football and Bobby Bowden and uh, uh, being able to go and work with Leonard Hamilton who was the the first African American uh, uh, assistant coach at a major program that I saw when I was playing. 
he was assistant coach at Kentucky, so uh, he and I go way back. And and then uh, just uh, you know having an opportunity to re- really be um, uh, able to mold young men and women um, by by your actions, by the things that you uh, teach them and say, it was it was just un- incredible. And uh, so five great years there, um, won a national championship in football my first year, and I told the president at the time. I said, this is not that hard of a job. I think I need to, you know, retire right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, also winning championships in uh, women's soccer and uh, softball, those are all great experiences. But, you know, with those great experiences also also come very uh, big challenges because you, you're dealing with uh, some really uh, tough issues that occur with, uh, within the lives of student athletes, and you try to help them get through those and help them grow from it. And, and though that was very reward, rewarding for me, and uh, and luckily I had a very good staff to help uh, help me get through those things. And now back at the national office, where I come full circle, and uh, coming full circle is uh, I think this is the great uh, one of the best ways to kind of round out my career. And that is, you know, I've seen it all and uh, uh, able to bring those experiences back to the to the national office and help uh, the membership uh, help uh, not just 500 student athletes on a campus, but 500,000 student athletes across the entire uh, NCAA. So I, I'm sorry, I, I know I rambled along there, but uh, sometimes I get excited about thinking about uh, uh, my past history. Yeah, no, no, that's great. It just helps us understand uh, you know, how you use those experiences you know, at the conference level as a student athlete to, to really kind of guide the decision-making process and, and regulatory affairs in the direction that it's, it's growing. Um, one last question, I'm going to kind of draw back on, on the characteristics of a good point guard is anticipation. Uh, there's a lot of changes going on right now within collegiate athletics. And, um, you know, what, what is your vision kind of for the future of regulatory affairs? Well, I think uh, the vision is that, uh, uh, and this is really my take, is we are, because we're a service organization, uh, I vision that we provide even greater service uh, to our membership. And what I mean by that is um, when, whenever our institutions need any of our help, whether it's in uh, enforcement, uh, the eligibility center, or an AMA, when, they, when, when we finish and we, we've done our job for them, I want them to come away and take away from that, that, wow, we are so lucky to have people in those departments that care so much about what happens to us on campus, um, that it's not just, um, you know, a check-in-the-box type thing and not a, a uh, automatic, you know, being like a robot, but it is really being sensitive and understanding of what the situation is and, uh, and, and caring about it so that, um, you know, they, that you empathize with what's going on. And you only could do that when you, uh, when you kind of take off the hat of, I am just here to provide what the answer is, as it says in the manual or interpretively or any other way, but I'm, you're, you're, you're more than that. You, you, you have to become the membership, in a sense, um, in order to be, really make great decisions 
and to provide great service. And so, you know, for me, the future for regulatory affairs is to, uh, to continue to provide the best service we possibly can to our membership um, so that our membership, when they come away from any experiences that they have in any of the three departments, they come away with a very positive experience. And, and that uh, is then shared with the membership. And uh, anytime our reputations can precede us, that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I feel is the greatest compliment that, uh, that there can be. Awesome. Thanks, Stan. I really appreciate the time you took today to come talk to us about the makeup and the philosophy of our regulatory affairs. And for our audience, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inside the NCA, the AMA Experience. Be sure to be on the lookout for our next episode, where we'll interview the Vice President of Academic and Membership Affairs, Dave Schneezy. Thank you. Thank you.